welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going for you? Ah, it's going good. How's it going for you? Going good. Going good. Uh, just a bit of a note for the episode. Um, as you may have noticed, some of you in the stream today, I've got a bit of a cold at the moment. So if I sound a bit sniffly or I need to, you know, sort that out, then uh, please do excuse that. But um, I'll try to be as least disruptive as possible. Um, but apart from that, no, I'm good. I'm I'm good. So, um, what have you been playing uh, recently? I've been bouncing around a few games. Um, one of the articles we have to talk about is from the ID at Xbox showcase that they did a couple days ago. And one of the games that they um, announced has already been launched called Tunic. Um, it's basically Legend of Zelda, but you're a fox. That's the only way I can really describe it. Oh, that game. Yeah, I've seen some like screenshots and things like that for it. Um, I saw that Alana Pierce did a video for it. I've not watched that video yet. But um, So you've been playing it yourself? I've been trying. It's a very frustrating game. Uh, for one, you don't know what's going on. And when I say you don't know what's going on, there's no intro, there's no dialogue, there's no text crawl, nothing. And for two you don't understand the language it's their own fake language so you read a sign you don't know what it says you pick up a thing you don't know what it does it is literally the definition of i have no idea what's going on here and for three it's unbelievably frustrating because they put really really strong enemies in front of you to begin with and you've got a stick to defend yourself with and that's it and so it makes any kind of game progress really tough. Hmm. That's also what Zelda does, Breath of the Wild, I think. Yeah, starts you off with a stick. So is there like a dodge system, parry system? Uh, there can... is kind of a a dodge-ish system um, that I haven't really gotten the hang of yet. But when you've got a stick and one of the enemies is a twice your size twice your reach with a giant sword you tend to die pretty quick mm-hmm. huh. okay um do you think you'll continue playing it and whatnot i'm gonna try to at least make some progress with it mm-hmm. oh and there's no instruction manual you go randomly around and you'll find like a piece of paper and it is the instruction manual and it'll give you like a page and they're not even ordered like the first one you pick up is page 10 Okay. So like I said, incredibly frustrating. Hmm. Bit of a sort of just, we're going to throw you in the pool and you have to learn to swim yourself. <coughs> type Basically, of thing. yeah. Yeah, and we're not going to tell you anything. Um, nope. So there can, there can be some advantages to doing a game like that, but by the sounds of what you've described, I've of course got no context myself because I've not played or really seen any of this game. But uh, sounds it sounds sort of interesting. Just depends on how I suppose you as a player navigate what the game. I was going to say what the game does put in front of you, but what the game appears to not put in front of you. So mm. um, yeah, that can work sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't either. So there you go. I mean, visually it, it's very nice looking. I mean, it's not like like super high end Elden Ring level graphics, but it's mm-hmm. it's got a very nice art style to it. It's very. Uh, Fun, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. So it's not a bad game at all. It's okay. just one of those things that it gets. Yeah. Get, it's tough to keep with. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, anything else? Uh, you know, I've been bouncing around between this game and that game. Nothing really worth talking about. Um, I'm still playing Lost Ark, although I'm kind of dying off on that just because it's kind of a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't picked up uh, New World in a while. I might get back into that, but I don't really feel the need to. So. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, I can't remember if we already talked about this, so excuse me for repeating myself. Are you going to pick up um, Ghostwire at all? Uh, I, I, we did talk about it. I said I'm going to wait for the reviews. So Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you said something similar to that. So, because it drops next week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we'll talk about that a bit more in the news section. So, uh, for me, I've continued playing Horizon Forbidden West, and I've got kind of a love-hate relationship with this game, where sometimes it will make me want to rage quit it, and other times I will be just going through the normal motions in the game. And I'll think to myself, I really love this game. And then it could be five minutes later, an hour later, 20 minutes later, something will happen. And I'm not just talking about enemies defeating me. I can take an enemy defeating me and me thinking, okay, what did I do wrong in the fight? Did I dodge at the wrong point? I'm I'm fine with that. It's, it's not a sort of like, I, I suck at the game, so I hate it. It's just with other things w- within the game um the story at this point has kind of lost me um i can sort of follow the general gist of what aloy is trying to do which is the most important part but the intricate little like the names of things and like I- i'm not following that type of stuff i also feel like i don't fully sort of need to remember everything um because for me at this point with horizon it's more sort of Okay, Aloy's got A, B, and C to do. How is she going to do it? Who is that going to involve? Where do I need to go? Who is going to be at those locations? Or the locations where I find those things out? How is Aloy going to interact with those people? And what are those conversations going to be like? And that that's what... I, I'm more interested in Aloy's story than the game's story. Um, there's a few characters I've sort of like gotten a bit attached to um which have been kind of interesting um but as i said i think on the stream during the week not the one i did today but the one during the week i was kind of talking about erin who is a character from the first game who's also in this one um now most of the, at the point of the game i'm at a lot of the main characters are in this one particular base um and you go back and forth from there to exchange um information with another character one of the hologram characters i think it's called gaia um and he's there Uh, erend is there as well he's got access to a focus and stuff now um and every time you walk in and out of the area of that building he'll try and make a joke and it's sort of like okay if, if this character died in this game the Erin character I don't think it would make a lot of difference to like anything in the story um he feels like quite an insignificant character and it's nothing to do with like the voice acting or anything um whoever is doing that job is doing a good job with what they got it's just the direction with that character hasn't really changed enough I think and they've just not imp- they've just not improved that character from the first game to the second game 
whereas basically everybody else has improved or at least is is different as a character um so you got that kind of going on um but the gameplay i i like it a lot at certain points and i dislike it with certain other things because it there will literally be points in this game within the combat where um like today i thought i thought this big robot thing can't remember the name of it they've all got like bristle back and all these sorts of names and i was fighting it and the game said in the menu like oh this enemy enemy is vulnerable to acid cool get my acid arrows out start shooting it with that did some damage and stuff and realized that this enemy was in a pattern of it will shoot me from distance that's where i can sort of dodge and shoot back at it and then it will charge at me which is where i can set down traps and then dodge out the way rinse repeat but the, the you know fight is is all good and everything but there will be points where aloy would get knocked over and this hasn't just happened with this enemy it happens with a lot of enemies and i've seen a lot of other people comment about this as well and i, I do agree which is that i don't mind aloy getting knocked over you know she's a human being if any human being doesn't matter what size or shape or whatever you are if you're a human being and there's a massive dinosaur robot coming towards you and it hits you you're going to be flung to the side most likely dead but you're going to be flung to the side right that's going to happen with with anybody but the issue that i've got is the game sometimes takes a little bit long to get her to get up and i'm pressing circle and stuff in order to get her to you know dive so it hopefully gets her up quicker and then sometimes i get caught in this little loop of getting hit get knocked to the floor okay that's fine and then can i get her up before i get attacked again sometimes i can't and sometimes that causes me to die and to lose a fight and i think that aspect which has happened a lot in this game um is slightly unfair um now of course if i were good enough and avoided the first attack I wouldn't have the secondary problem, but um, yeah, it it's it, and I don't remember. I mean, it's been five years literally since I played the first game because it came out five years ago. I don't remember that happening as much in the first game. Um, I think you played the first game, didn't you? Yeah, I um, played to it, story completion. I don't remember that really being a thing either. Yeah, of course, I'm I'm very sneaky, turly, hidey when it comes to combat games like that. Right. So I never was really in the muck of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, if you're going to like, okay, I made a mistake, you knocked me over once, fair enough, okay, let me actually get back up so I can start fighting the enemy. Nope, I get hit again, and sometimes it causes me to die, which makes me lose the fight. So, not really quite happy about how that sort of worked. Um, But most of the other aspects of the gameplay and the combat and stuff works. The game can feel very rewarding at points. So, yeah, Um, I'm kind of just... Not in a way of I want to get this game over and done with, because I am enjoying certain parts of it, but the story has gone on a little bit longer than what it should, and it, it should I think it's in its final stretches now, so I'm going to obviously finish the game. But the, the story's lasted a little bit longer than what it's needed to, and there's been a few too many sort of like, hey Aloy, you've got this, now go and get that. Hey, you've now got this, now go and get that. Um, and oh, this thing that you need to get is halfway across the map. Um so there's a little bit too much of that kind of going on as well but um i'm looking forward to you know seeing where the story ends and um you know what that means for aloy's journey which i'm very invested in and uh i just unlocked a couple of new weapons as well so i'm looking forward to trying those out 
but I'm looking forward to kind of finishing it, moving on, and playing some more GT7. So, there we go. Anyway, it's pretty much what we've been playing, what we've been up to. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into some housekeeping. See you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself, or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I did another film review. Done quite a few uh, recently, and there'll be another one coming up very soon as well. Uh, This one I gave a don't skip rating to The Adam Project, which is a new Netflix film which is uh, starring Ryan Reynolds. It's got Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo and some other people, but it's mainly a Ryan Reynolds film. And uh, that was uh, that was pretty good, a good kind of like popcorn flick. And, you know, nothing wrong with a popcorn flick. Not every film has to be, you know intricately written and a must-see film uh you can still have a good time with popcorn flicks and that was certainly one that i had a good time with um have you seen that yet the the adam project i actually canceled my netflix because they raised the price yet again and it was just not worth the money anymore okay fair enough uh so there's that podcast um, I did a DC Talk podcast a few days ago as well. I talked about the news that uh, there was a Green Lantern cameo or appearance that was cut in the Snyder Cut film. So I talked about that. I also talked about uh, the Flash's delay as well as Black Adam and some of the other film's delays. And mainly the Flash being the focus point there because it's been delayed by like another seven months. So I talked about that. And I also did some predictions for what DC could do with the three people currently playing batman in the world of dc and whatever so uh, that was quite a good one to do that was for some dc talk um did another uh, tv season review the other day as well this is a must-see review for suspicion 
the first season that's available on Apple TV Plus. Uh, so you can go and check that out. The first half, obviously, spoiler free. Uh, Walking Dead is still continuing. We're up to season 11, episode 12. We'll be covering episode 13 on Wednesday. So look out for those continued, excuse me, episodes. Uh, over on the United cast, uh, there's not going to be another game for uh, two more weeks. But uh, the newest game was our 1-0 defeat, Atletico Madrid, in the Champions League. And we are no longer in the Champions League as a result of that. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about um, FIFA 22 removing Russia and the Russian uh, national team and whatnot from the game. Um, I don't know if that's happened or is happening. I've still not completely checked that, but they're going to be removing those from the game. Uh, we also talked about some PlayStation VR 2 news and Sony's most recent state of play. Not the Hogwarts Legacy one, but the one that was before that, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute as well. So we talked about that. Uh, over on the CW Superheroes, the Superman and Lois side of things, we uh, did a new podcast, which was up to Season 2, Episode 7, so you can check that out. Um... Also did a, another film review, gave this one a must-see, it's for Turning Red, which is available on Disney+, Plus. it's Pixar's newest film, and I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait to see what they do next, which is obviously the next film is uh, Lightyear, so looking forward to all of that, but uh, first off, again, spoiler-free for that podcast, I uh, did a United Cast episode, which was called Who Should Stay and Who Should Go, going through all 30-plus players in the team, looking at their age, contract, and of course how good they are, and selecting who to, who should stay and who should go. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, that's it for that. Uh, let's get into some news. Alright, Robert, so uh, it's finally time to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. We had a state of play, another one, uh, a few days ago, and it was for Hogwarts Legacy. Now, for those that have been listening to the podcast for a few months, maybe, uh, you'll know that this is my most anticipated game, and it definitely is my most anticipated game after seeing this uh, state of play. So, um, I'm going to let uh, Harrison lead the way with this with a question that was sent in. Uh, so from Harrison says, I'll try and be the first to write in about probably this week's big topic, Hogwarts Legacy. I found my, uh, I myself think it looks great. I hope it matches Matt's expectations. What are you looking forward to the most and what do you make of the apparent boycotts because of J.K. Of course, J.K. Rowling, the uh, author of the original books, who's a nasty person, basically, at the moment. Um, I was going to... Um, Chris, Ra- I, I, won't, I won't read out the whole tweet, but I I quote tweeted uh, Chris Reagan's tweet about the whole situation because I want to I want to get the J.K. Rowling discussion sort of out the way because then we can talk about how good this game looks and everything after that. I think that's the best way to sort of cover this. Um, and I very much agreed, not like word for word with what Chris said, but um, he was basically saying what other people have kind of been saying as well, which is J.K. Rowling's got so much money, he he described it as as fuck you money, which is sort of, I've got so much money that it doesn't matter what you do to me kind of thing. So whether you boycott the game or you dislike her or or whatever, she's already got so much money anyway, uh, which is true. 
that if you do choose to directly boycott this game because of what she has done, then you're just hurting the developers, which is exactly what I was thinking at the time as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, so here's a thing that I don't quite understand that's a bit more outside of this game, right? So the Harry Potter IP, whether you want to talk about Hogwarts itself, Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy, the books, the films, whatever you want to talk about, right? So people have looked at this game and thought, okay, it's well, it's not called Harry Potter and it's not got Harry Potter in it, but obviously it's set within the same universe, you know, Hogwarts and all that kind of stuff. So the, uh, the idea of looking at this game and saying, okay, the author of the original books is transphobic and has tweeted some stupid stuff and not just about transphobia, but just other ridiculous things that she's tweeted and whatnot. And having the idea of, okay, because that author is a nasty person, I'm going to not buy a game that not only doesn't include, have her hands on it, because she's not involved in the game, but you're yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna choose to boycott the game because of her, even though she's got no involvement with the game, but it's because she wrote the books that this thing is let's agree loosely based off, because this isn't gonna have the same story, it's not even got the same characters. It's gonna have obviously your wizard stories and probably some Quidditch stuff and maybe some references and Easter eggs. So by that logic, let's say because it's Warner Brothers, right, that's got the rights to this, isn't it? Let's say Warner Brothers tomorrow announces, okay, we're going to do a Harry Potter spin-off TV show, and it's going to have original characters. That means that those people would boycott that as well. Let's say then that... We'll get a bit more silly with this, right? Let's say that Warner Brothers said, hey, here's a new... um, There's been a lot of Lego sets recently, hasn't there, in the last couple of years. Let's say, okay, they say, alright, this game is coming out, we're going to make a... Hogwarts Castle Lego set you'd probably boycott that then because it's got it's from the same franchise or if they came out with a card game or a board game or uh, whatever uh, another film obviously you've got the Fantastic Beasts films coming out so by that logic we can never have anything Harry Potter related ever again because of one person regardless of the because how many roles would you have on this game you'd have voice actors developers um, animators, direct, director, animator, voice actors, the the um, all, all, you know, writers, writers, um, all the people that have done all the things on this game. It just makes no sense to me to say, okay, you, I don't know how many people are on this team. Let's just say three hundred, right? Two, three hundred people on this game working on this game who've got nothing to do with J.K. Rowling. Her, she isn't involved. She's at home tweeting about all the nonsense that she wants to tweet about. Um, I don't know if she's involved with the Fantastic Beasts films because I haven't paid attention to those. So you'd essentially be saying to these, let's say these 300 developers, saying to them, okay, you've worked on this game for, what, probably a few years by this point? I mean, it was two years ago when we last saw it. To turn around and say to them, basically, like, I'm not going to play your game that you made because of somebody who's not in this building um i find that a little bit and 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 the same thing again if you hired a a showrunner director writer new actors for a spin-off show you then basically be saying to all them people like no i'm not going to watch the show that you're making here 
Um, so yeah, by that logic, we can't have anything else Harry Potter related ever again. Um, which I just find a bit silly, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, I support trans people and everything. I've got trans people in my life that, that I know. Um, and of course, you know, if it, for those of you that are of course familiar with me, you know that I stand up for diversity and everything like that. Um, it's more of a case of just, can't we ignore what this, well not ignore, but get past sort of, get past the boycott in terms of, okay, instead of trying to hurt JK Rowling, let's try to support these other people who are working on this thing that's not related to her. Um... Anyway, Robert, what do you what do you make of the the apparent boycotts and the and the situation here? I think for the most part, it's useless uh, grandstanding and virtue signaling, which is something that drives me nuts. Um, in things like this, you have to be able to separate the art from the artist, because otherwise, you literally could not exist in this world. Uh, we go to movies all the time, but. Hollywood is filled with terrible people, but we still go to the movies. Yeah. When you think about how many decades they hid the crimes of Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. it was very well known. It was an open secret, um, but nobody cared. Um, we still got we still watch our movies. Um, I guarantee you, half the people that are you know saying I'm boycotting this, they follow somebody either on social media or they support them in other ways. That are terrible, terrible people. I I would bet literally all my money on it because I know that's the case because I've seen people around me do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's not involved in the game at all. You can be mad at her. You can think she's terrible. Doesn't matter. She's has one hundred percent control of the IP. She owns the license for that. They've already paid her for the license to make this game. So nothing's going to change there. She's not, un- unless there's like something in the contract that they signed where it gives like bonuses for sales or whatever. Right. She's not going to make any more money doing this. She's not going to mm-hmm. make any less money doing this. Um, so sorry for being a little insensitive, but fucking get over it. Mm-hmm. We got real problems in the world. Yeah. But yeah, to me, it's not specifically about, like, attacking her, because we can just leave her on her own, um, which is probably what we should do. It's more about, okay, I want to... Because if this game is as good as what it looks, and I'm, I, I know I've, I've spoken about being excited for it before, so to me it's more about, okay, these people are making a very good game. Um, hopefully it is as good as what we think. And I want to support the people that are doing that work who have got nothing to do with her, basically. Um, and I would just like to encourage people and the audience that to kind of echo a bit of what you said. Don't let bad people get in the way of things that you enjoy. Because um, if you are somebody who's like, oh, damn, this game looks really good, but I can't play it because of JK. Um just you gotta kind of look at it in a in a different way i think um so there we go um but yeah that's i, I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way and everything and what we'll do the, the next time we get like a state of play for this or whatever we won't go over this topic again uh because there's no point 
repeating the same thing that we have done. Obviously, if we get new gameplay for this, which we probably will do at some point, we'll just talk about the gameplay of it. So, um, that's that's just where I stand, Robert. You've made your point clear and everything. So, uh, but anyway, let's go on to the nice part of this conversation, which is uh, the gameplay itself. We did actually see some some new gameplay, a whole 15 minutes worth. Um, not all of it. It wasn't like a 15-minute gameplay demo, was it? It was more of a sort of, here's what this game's about and everything, and, and some gameplay that was shown. Uh, so I think it's probably better if I speak about my impressions first. I've got quite a lot of things to say, and then I'll bring you in, Robert, afterwards if uh, that all works. Um, so yeah, we saw 15 minutes of the gameplay. Um, I obviously went and watched it. I watched it at 9 o'clock when it went live, um, and then I watched it two more times after that. So I saw it three times. Um, one of those watches was a little bit more of a background one, but um, I think this game looks amazing. Um and in terms of in terms of the things that you if you were to say open world Harry Potter game because there was the licensed games wasn't there that was based on the the films but I think they were a bit more linear I don't think you could really ask for much more than what we saw in terms of like you can go outside the the castle and I liked what one of the, the one of the developers said actually he said like we didn't want the players to be stuck kind of in the castle looking out the window of like oh here's the world out there but you can't go outside like no we we're in 2022 and technolo- technology's evolved to where you should be able to nav- navigate the the outside world and it doesn't just look like you can just leave this castle and that's it you can explore lots of different places um within this game and potentially fly around on some stuff there was that um now I'm not like a Harry Potter you know, massive, massive fan. I don't know the names of things and that. I just think the world is is kind of cool. Um, there was like a bird type of thing that was flown on. I'm sure it's got a specific name that I'm not aware of. Uh, it looks like you can throw. It looks like you can fly on a broom, broomstick as well to navigate the castle. Um, that looks really good because I think that type of navigation is going to be very important in this type of game because you can go to like the shops, you can go to the the woods and stuff, and I think it's called the Forbidden Forest. You can go to loads of different places. Um, you can customize loads of things, learn loads of spells and combat stuff, and just all of those elements that you would probably want look like they're in this game. Um, there was some news that silently dropped out of this as well that uh, there will be no microtransactions because uh, a few people had said there was a part in the I think it was the requirement room it was called, mm-hmm. and um, where you're putting certain spells on timers. And some people said like, oh, this looks a bit sort of mobile game-esque. You know when you click, you tap on something to its maximum. Mm-hmm. And then it's got like, hey, you've got to wait six hours. It looked like one of those types of things, but they've not got any microtransactions in that, which looks really good. Um, in terms of the combat, which I think is one of the more important things here. Um, some people said it looked a little bit static. I think that's just because this isn't like Gears of War or like Grand Theft Auto where you're going to be running around taking cover and that sort of thing. Um, because I, I mean sure some of them should be taking cover at certain points and maybe you can do that at certain points in the game maybe for like stealth sections uh, the invisible cloak is in there as well which looked which looked pretty good um, but yeah it looks like you can do a lot of things and one of the things I spoke about way back when this game was announced is the potential that you've got with all the spells and um, that sort of thing in terms of what you can do to enemies and it looks like that includes uh, with the spells and stuff, what you can do with puzzles, you know, the way that you could open one of the doors and everything looks looks quite good, and you can use fire and 
like telekinesis type spells and you can learn the different dark arts and, and that sort of thing so that looked great in terms of what we got there um, you can also build your own mini sort of area outside with like customizable buildings and stuff I guess that's where you can just do more sorts of things so it's obviously going to be RPG focused with probably some skill tree stuff and uh, the narrator whoever it was um, did sort of say like hey if you've got a particular playing style that you want you can put that stuff into your skill tree which I think is a very very good idea so um, overall I think this game looks looks fantastic I don't think that like out of this presentation that we got um, couldn't have asked for much more really we've got some little nuggets about the story there's obviously some mystery stuff going on which I think could be quite cool uh, we got to see a look at a couple of the enemies and, and things which is which is interesting um but yeah this is kind of the expanded open world version of a harry potter game that those fans have been sort of asking for 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 a long long time i mean the films finished uh, a while ago so um so that's my base kind of thoughts on on things um did you get a chance to see the state of play and what did you think of what was shown i kind of half watched it I'm not really into the franchise a whole lot. I think um, with my age, it just kind of missed me. So I wasn't like mm-hmm. the, I wasn't growing up with the movies. Well, like you were growing yeah. up and growing up with the movies. Um, the first one came out when I was like 30 or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so it's not really kind of in my sphere. I have seen the movies because they are a cultural phenomenon. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to you know, accept that. Um I doubt I'm going to play this game. I, like I said, I don't really have that much interest in the franchise. But mm-hmm. as I've always said, if it's something that you love and you get a chance to have more of it, that's never a bad thing. And it looks at least like they're you know, really a very good playable game. Um, obviously, we won't know that for sure until the game actually comes out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't look bad. I don't know where they got the mobile thing from. Maybe because of the claymation-ish looking aspect to the graphics mm-hmm. I, no, I think people were talking the about the the timers that were in oh uh, well, everything has timers it's just not just <laughs> mobile games yeah yeah so um what did you think of uh is there anything that surprised you because what surprised me was once they started because i thought okay you're probably going to be able to go outside the castle but i'm not sure to what extent and then they started showing like a snippet of the broomstick stuff and like the one thing they didn't show which they've got to include in this game which is quidditch i don't think you can make this type of harry potter game and not have quidditch that would be really weird if you didn't Mm -hmm. maybe they're saving that i mean you could probably do a focused state of play on quidditch of like how the mechanics work and that sort of thing um but i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that quidditch is probably in this and i will play quidditch in it as well um, I don't remember the rules or anything, but I remember it being kind of fun to see on the, in, in the films. Um, but yeah, that was one thing that surprised me was, okay, you're probably going to be able to have an open world where you can go outside, but how are you going to navigate it? Are you going to like do, are you going to have a grounded vehicle system? I don't know what that would be. Maybe some sort of, um, uh, horse and carriage thing, but no, you can get on a broomstick at some point. And it looks like you can fly one of those bird type of things. So as soon as they showed that, I was like, oh, okay, that's probably the best way you could do that as well. Um, 
But that was what kind of surprised me the most because I wasn't sure what they were going to have as a solution for that. Um, is there anything in this that surprised you? Uh, not really. Like I said, I only kind of half paid attention to watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that there's Quidditch in it. I mean, I can't imagine there's not It'd be weird if Quidditch did. in yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and we'll just have to see when it comes out or if they give another gameplay drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said uh, Holiday 2022, which is slightly vague, but obviously they got to work on it still. Uh, this would be a great game to have around like Christmas time, um, maybe while I'm on half term and whatnot <laughs> from the school. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But no, I was impressed with the combat. Um, some people kind of said, "Is it turn-based?" Because it part of it looked turn-based, but at one point your character does start walking around and rolling around and stuff and that's not how turn-based games work um because you stay in one position because you stay on a spot and you take your turn so no it's definitely not turn-based but um yeah uh i mean i'm looking forward to you know knocking some enemies around setting them on fire maybe freezing them or something i can't remember all the spells in the harry potter films i sort of like vaguely remember large chunks of the harry potter films but not all the intricate sort of details and stuff like that so um, I am tempted to go back and watch the films before this game comes out. I don't know if I'll have time to watch, what was it, seven films or something? Eight films? Um, before this game comes out. Obviously, it's going to be a few months, but I would like to kind of remember areas. Because although there won't be like Dumbledore and Voldemort and Harry and all those sorts of characters, there might be some Easter eggs for them. Like maybe you can collect somebody's wand or something, or Dumbledore's glasses or something. At some point. I, I would imagine if you're going to do any type of collectibles in this game. You could do some of those things. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah. I was just trying to think. What else, what else is in the Harry Potter world that they didn't show? I mean there's flying vehicles at certain points in Harry Potter. Um, maybe you can. It depends. Because they went through the train station in the films didn't they? The nine and three quarters or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they went into the wall or, and, and stuff so um, but I also think what one of the smartest choices they're making here is not having this tied to the films and just like okay n- completely new characters maybe some references easter eggs to other things because um, I'm sure you'll have name drops of like Voldemort and stuff because um, it's obviously set in the 18th century so you'd be nowhere near even Dumbledore or Hagrid or Harry or anybody else like that they wouldn't be close to being in this world mm-hmm. but um you could also do things like the um what were those black flying villains called the D- D- dementors was it dementors i think yeah they were introduced i think in the third film um you could do some of those that would be a nice kind of callback but um yeah having a character that's completely your own that one that you can customize i think is really smart because it just it lets this game have a lot more freedom with its story as well and with you can create like completely new characters and stuff so see how it goes um i think that's pretty much everything for hogwarts legacy i really liked what was shown i'm looking forward to seeing this game i'm looking forward to seeing it again hopefully it comes out this year i've got a sneaky suspicion that it will be delayed into next year but um both wasn't gotham knights delayed to next year because suicide squad was wasn't it Um, yeah i think yeah, I'm hoping all three of these games don't get pushed into next year because I would like to play them at some point. So, we'll see. Uh, anyway, so all our discussion for Hogwarts Legacy. I've not got 
much more else to say. I'm sure we'll bring up the game again in the future in terms of the gameplay and stuff. So uh, we'll see what we find out soon. Um, something else that got stealth dropped, and I literally mean stealth dropped, um, in and around this state of play, like on the same day or the next day, was a gameplay video for Moss 2. Now I just have one question in terms of, so we had this Hogwarts state of play, was it Thursday this week? Yeah, Thursday, so basically still this week. The week before that we had a state of play, didn't we? Where we saw like Ghostwire, we saw um, a bunch of other games as well, um, Forspoken and stuff like that. Do you think there was just some issue that they couldn't get this Hogwarts thing in that state of play and they couldn't get this Moss 2 video in that state of play? Possible. Be- because it's it's a bit strange that Sony drops a state of play and then a week later you have these other two very PlayStation relevant things that are pretty big and they come out, they get their gameplay separately. Or maybe it's just that they were too long. You know, if you combine this 12 minutes of Moss with 15 minutes of Hogwarts added on to the, what, 20 minutes of state of play that we had, it's nearly like an hour. But um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure people would have enjoyed it anyway. Uh, regardless of that, yeah, we saw... Um, it's a new gameplay for Moz 2, which I didn't see PlayStation tweet about. I didn't see the video get uploaded to YouTube, but that's probably a YouTube problem. Um, I was browsing some discussion on Twitter about Hogwarts Legacy, because there was quite a lot of it anyway. And somebody in some reply somewhere that I was reading says like, Oh yeah, and when Moz 2 drops in a few weeks. And I was like, huh? What? Since, since when was this game coming out in 2? Because somebody said... A week after um, Ghostwire that Moss 2 comes out. So Ghostwire is on Friday, isn't it, I think. Um, so it'd be a week after that. And I was like, since when was that announced and spoken about? I didn't see a PlayStation blog. I didn't see anything about this. Um, yeah, so it's coming out the week after um, Ghostwire Tokyo. And um, it was a PlayStation Underground video. That was released on PlayStation's YouTube channel. So it was still on the YouTube channel. But I just didn't see the video come up. But that's probably a YouTube problem. Anyway regardless of all that. Um, yeah they showed 12 minutes of Moss. It, the video just starts and gets straight into it. Um, they showed some new features. You can do different things with uh, navigation this time around. There were some branches that you could move. And that sort of thing. Which looked interesting for sort of navigation. Uh, you get some different weapons this time because in the first game Moss had um, just a sword and in this game you get I think a sword you get a hammer which has got some abilities and stuff like that uh, so that was that was quite cool uh, showed some new enemies they showed that you'll need to be a little bit more tactical they sort of said um, they also said that you can kind of um, they showed this part of the gameplay where Moss has got um, her hammer and I can't remember exactly what the player did, but they sort of slammed the hammer onto this platform. Then this blue sort of like clickable hammer was above Moss. Then the player clicked on that and like slammed it into the ground and it did. So it created this like blast effect on the floor. And what you're essentially supposed to do is sort of bait the enemy into going to that spot and then activate the sort of slam thing. So there's some different kind of things going on, which looks quite cool. And they showed some different levels, which which they looked as good as what they would with Moss. The only the only kind of problem with showing VR games is they just look so much more different when you've got the headset on. And 
when you're showing anything on YouTube, um, it's never going to look as good as the actual product because you've got YouTube compression going on. Because um, although I'm not a graphics person at all, the world in Moss, like obviously you've got your face like right in this little sort of, it's almost like looking into a dollhouse kind of thing is how I would describe it. Um, it is very, very, very detailed and it, it didn't have as much of that detail, but that was probably some YouTube compression kind of going on. I'm sure it would look great. Um, but yeah, it looked good. It looked impressive. I'm looking forward to playing it. And speaking of the VR stuff, because obviously PSVR 2 is not out yet. Um, you do have to get an adapter to plug in the PlayStation camera into... Because the, the processor unit is plugged into my PS5. Um, but you can't put the camera into the PS5. But you can. You can either order one off of Amazon, which costs 15 quid. Or if you go to the back of your processor unit, which was a bit awkward to do. You can go... You can just type in on Google... Um, PSVR2 um, adapter thing and you can register for one for free which I did I had to give them my serial number and whatnot, and they sent me this message of like oh we'll let you know if we approve your request and then two minutes later I got an email saying we'll let you know when your adapter is being shipped out so it's good that you can do that, that you can get a free because I did remember that that was a thing but I hadn't bothered to do it because I hadn't used it yet with um, PS5 but obviously I'll need it for this game so uh, that should be on the way at some point. But um, anyway, I've spoken about quite a lot of things there. Uh, did you manage to see any of Moss 2? Because I just about managed to find out myself about it. Um, did you see anything about it? I saw the trailer while we were talking about it um, pre-show. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I never played the game. So obviously I don't really know that much about it. Um, the adapter thing kind of reminds me when they uh, when Microsoft came out with the, the 1S and it didn't have the uh, connect to port on it and they gave away adapters free initially for it yeah. um, now you have to buy them and now nobody uses the connect so <laughs> yeah um the only thing i'd need if i got a series x or a new xbox um i do actually use that hdmi plug for my freeview box which i use mm -hmm. quite a bit um and it doesn't have that on those new ones does it so nope yeah but um anyway um, yeah, what do you think of the uh, the gameplay that you saw then? Well, I guess it was the same one that I saw. So yeah, I mean, it kind of looked cool. I mean, mm. it's definitely a, a cool looking game, but I don't do VR. Um, I don't have a PlayStation Five, so it's not really going to be anything in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, so there we go for Moss Two. I'm very much looking forward to playing that in a couple of weeks. Apparently, Sony better get promoting this thing because I just about found out found out about it from a from a Twitter comment. <laughs> so. Um, I have a feeling that Sony's just going to stealth drop this game and not promote it much, which they've done actually with a couple of games before. So, we'll see. Or in like two months' time, this will be a PSVR, a PS Plus game or something. So, anyway. Um, so that's it for that. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was, um, I watched, uh, I've, I've mentioned him before, he's a very good YouTuber. It's called uh, Tyler McVicker, he does a lot of uh, cyberpunk content. I've mentioned him on the show before. Um, I'd recommend everybody go and check out his videos. He did a 12 minute video talking about Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, now I gave my thoughts on it, what, two shows ago, I think? Um, when they showed some more of it in the State of Play. And I said, I think this game looks bad. Um, for various different reasons. Uh, he seemed to be quite impressed with it, which, hey, you know, if he goes and plays the game and he likes it, then that's, that's great. 
Um, and he was sort of describing some stuff, and um, it doesn't quite sound like a Bethesda game. It sounds like if if Bethesda tried to make a Kojima game without Kojima, because a lot of the things that he was describing and showing in terms of like the setup of the world and how the story sort of starts and how everybody's like dead in this town and stuff. Um, and I was kind of thinking a bit of Death Stranding because that's sort of how Death Stranding works, like. There's no people out in the world, really, in Death Stranding. And I was thinking, this kind of seems like a bit of a Kojima game without Kojima um, being involved. Obviously, Kojima's got nothing to do with Bethesda, so I wouldn't expect that. But um, he showed some other snippets of gameplay, some of which I hadn't quite seen before. But to me, this game just continues to look flat. It looks stiff, and it looks slow. Um, is the three words I'd describe to to sort of use it, and like if I if I look at Astro and Horizon and Spider Man and Ratchet and Clank, I look at those games and I'm like, yeah, they look like games that are you know PS5 games or even with GT7, uh, like you, you know not just visually but the way you look at how a game is, you know how a game's flowing and performing, and I look at those games I just mentioned and think. Yeah, those are PS5 games. And with things like um, Returnal, those sorts of games. And I look at Ghostwire Tokyo and I just think of like PS3. It's just what sort of comes to mind. But um, I liked what he described. He did did a very good video on it. Um, And we'll see see how this game does. He, he, He did kind of say as well that this game will have its own kind of following which he's going to be a part of which is is good for him but some other people might just not get this game and forget about it like not not get it in terms of buy it but get it in terms of get what it's about and everything and we'll just sort of forget it and that just when he said that sentence that kind of reminded me of what happened with Deathloop which is where everybody forgot about that game after like two weeks and it went on a massive sale so I wonder if the same thing's going to happen with this game um but uh any new sort of thoughts on Ghostwire or anything I've discussed there? No, like I said, I'm gonna wait for it to get reviewed and then I'm decide if I want to get it or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh but yeah, I recommend everybody go and watch his videos. He's done a bunch of cool cyberpunk stuff, so it's called uh, Tyler McVicker over on uh, YouTube, so that's his channel. Um that's all the stuff I've got to discuss this week, Robert. Um how about yourself? Uh well, at the same time they were doing the state of play, Microsoft had a sneaky uh, ID at Xbox. We already talked about Tunic in the opening. Uh, but there were more than a few games that are going to catch people's eyes. Uh, one is uh, called Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. This is from, uh, this is an action, you know, gun-faced action RPG uh, with vengeance and magic. It's uh, being compared to Ashen in its look. Um, okay, okay. Uh, Sam Barlow made a name for himself with uh, live-action adventures like Telling Lies and Her Story. He's got a new project out called Immorality, Immortality, which is an interactive movie trilogy. Um, the one I'm kind of curious about is called WrestleQuest, which is a pixel art-style um, wrestling game that's also very similar to like turn-based combat, and it has all the iconic wrestlers from the 80s. So you play as kind of a not Randy Savage, Randy Savage, Andre the Giants in it, Hulk Hogan's in it, Jake the Snake Roberts in it, 
Um, it's if you've seen Punch Club, it has kind of that vibe to it okay. as well. Um, Paradise Killer, which was uh, released on the Switch uh, back in uh, 2020, is getting on Xbox as well. It's a uh, very unprecedented level of freedom in detective solving case. Uh, basically, on an island, crime happens and uh, you got to solve it. But it gives you like very open ways to do that. So those are some of the games that got announced. Um, don't know if any of those appealed to you. Um, in terms of this whole idea Xbox thing, I didn't see any of it pop up. Um, did it, it? Did it air the same time as State of Play, or was it just? It might have. That's right. It was on March sixteenth, so it was on the same day. So that's how it easily got missed. Huh. Yeah, I, I didn't see like anybody post or tweet about it or anything. Um, cause that's how I know about these things, which is where, like, I saw PlayStation on Facebook and Twitter say, hey, Thursday this week, New Hogwarts Legacy, and I was like, cool, there we go. Um, but no, I didn't see, and I've missed a lot of those Xbox ID, uh, or ID Xbox streams, or videos, um, they don't really get promoted that much. Um, but I, like I said, I'll, I'll look into this, uh, what do you say it was called, Tunic, the, the game you were talking about at the start? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll probably watch uh, Alada's video on it. That's probably the best way for me to check it out. Um, but no, unfortunately, I didn't see any of these games because I wasn't aware that uh, until you mentioned it when we when we did. Uh, obviously, we talked about before we started recording about um, what we were going to discuss. Um, I wasn't aware that Xbox actually did a stream. So yeah, um, and I've missed quite a lot of those. And it's it's weird when Xbox talks about idea xbox like when they do their events or e3 or any of those sorts of things because they do talk about idea xbox a lot but even on when when i when i occasionally go on the store and that kind of stuff i don't really see it anywhere um so there might be a whole bunch of idea xbox games that i really like but um because let's be honest like people like me and you who follow this industry very closely you know tv games films all that kind of stuff if we don't know about that kind of stuff, then it's going to be difficult for other people to do that as well. So I'm curious to check out some idea Xbox games. I just never see them. So mm-hmm. anyway, and these are all idea Xbox, so they're all on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you can play them right now, mm-hmm. or when they come out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but did you like? Did you like the look of anything that you saw there? Uh, the Wrestle Quest one. It's it's very um, if you've ever played the uh, Scott Pilgrim game um, that mm. was a few years back when the movie came out the kind of pixel art style it's it's very much like that um, you do combat but mm-hmm. all the combats in like a wrestling ring and then when they get knocked down they don't get out until you do a combat move to pin them and so it's it's very very fun very tongue in cheek kind of a thing and you know growing up in the eighties those were all the wrestlers I saw on TV so. Mm-hmm. So these studios that are making all these games, mm-hmm. are they just licensed? Are they Xbox-owned studios? Uh, they are ID and Xbox, so I think they're licensed. Like, for example, Paradise uh, Killer comes out on PlayStation as well as Xbox. So these are not, like, exclusive to right. um, the console. Right. Xbox just has more of a specific space for them, I suppose. Because Sony doesn't really have an ID... Yeah, they don't really promote the thing. indie games a whole lot. Yeah, so because they, they don't have like an ID at PlayStation or something. So, 
Yeah, interesting. Um, but I'll have a look at Tunic later mm-hmm. on. Um, and hopefully I can give some thoughts on that next week. So, because I don't have anything else I can say about it. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the uh, the zombie that just keeps coming back that is Google Stadia is back again. <laughs> if you remember, it was, quote, alive and well, as described by Google in May of last year. And then in June of last year, they announced that they would be licensing out the technology technology to industry partners. Uh, then about a month ago, it was getting turned into a white-label streaming platform, uh, one licensed by businesses and used under their own branding. Um, now it's official. At the Google for Games Development Summit, the company announced it is going to sell the underlying technology, as Google Cloud Service is called, Immersive Stream for Games. Um, so, yeah, this thing just won't die. Hmm. Yeah. Reminds me of the uh, Simpsons. Sim- Simps- I can't speak anymore. Simpsons uh, meme um, where somebody's getting beaten up or something and one of the kids says, stop it, he's already dead, mm-hmm. which I'm sure many of us have seen. Um, or like a stick man sort of meme where a horse is laid down and a person is beating the horse with a stick and obviously it's beating a dead horse. Um, why doesn't Google just... Whatever IP they do have, which is probably not very much, because I don't think the technology is interesting to other people. Um, and it certainly hasn't been so far. I mean, I've I've talked to maybe two people that use Google Stadia. I don't know if they still do, but they said it worked all right for them. But why don't they just? I don't know how it, I don't know how it would work with licenses and legal stuff. Obviously, that can be get a bit complicated. Um get their their games that are on the, the games that are on Google Stadia that they made so not things like Assassin's Creed that they obviously promote on the platform try to get those games on like Steam PlayStation Store Switch Store if you can um if any of them do fit on iOS or Android like depends on what games they are try to just do that and sell the games on those platforms that way you won't have tons and tons of millions of people you know, like the hundred and whatever million people that own a PlayStation, um, and the hundred and whatever million people that own a Switch, or the number of people that play games on Steam and whatever, miss out on your games because that's that's kind of the only viable way you can make more long term money from this. And if that's if you do that and that's successful, you could do sequels. You could do other games from those same same studios. Um, I don't know how all that would work, but that's just that's what that's what Google should possibly do. Instead of looking at this in terms of okay, let's do something with the technology. Well, streaming for games doesn't really work right now, and obviously we knew that that was the problem from the from the start, which was. I mean, your... Microsoft kind of makes it work, C- kind of um, yeah. with their uh, X Cloud. Mm. That's why um, I said, but it they've really had work. that backbone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it works as well as it's going to work and they also had that background of being mm. internet forward and having the architecture long in place long before it plus they do their own uh, servers. So um they get it to work better than pretty much anybody else, so. Mhm. Yeah. The major difference there though is if you want to get Game Pass and stream Halo Infinite and it doesn't quite work and you've paid 
say, 50 whatever it would be for that game, you're not sort of just like, oh, I've just paid for this thing, now I can't use it because my internet sucks. No, you can download the game and play it on your Xbox mm. still. Whereas, as I experienced, what, two years ago or so, I booted up this laptop and they said, hey, it doesn't matter what your specs are. And I thought, okay, the, this laptop doesn't have the best specs but i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try the free trial and just see if this thing works and it wouldn't even load so therefore the whole service was redundant to me because i couldn't play their games in any other way so what i'm trying to say is those games that i very briefly saw pictures of or whatever on the platform um put them on a console where more people can play them so that you can sell those sell copies of those games mm-hmm. but you want to do physical digital whatever sell more of those games get more people talking about those games and try and work your way from there so mm-hmm. um instead of just relying on because the, the whole backbone of the system relied on one thing that's very unreliable and that's why it didn't work so yeah and look for, for those of you that are listening if you're like hey i've got stadia and it works great and i've got um cloud streaming for xbox and it works that's that's really good but there's probably hundreds of people if not thousands of people that that doesn't work for and those thousands of people could play a downloadable version of those games on stadia and actually play them and experience them so yeah uh but we'll see what google tries to do next i suppose so um it's always interesting hearing about google stadia every every now and again just seeing what they're trying to do next so uh anyway anything else you want to say about this no, like I said, it, it doesn't make any sense that they're still trying to salvage this, but you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. So yeah, just sell game copies of the IP. Mm-hmm. That's what you should do. So or sell the IP to somebody, I suppose. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, transitioning from something that didn't clearly work to something that clearly did, um, Elden Ring hit a new milestone. Uh, the game's only been out three weeks, but they just surpassed 12 million copies sold. Um, to put that in context, the entire Dark Souls franchise combined didn't hit 12 million copies sold until the release of Dark Souls 3. Um, and Elden Ring did it in three weeks. Um, have you played that game at all? Are you Is that your you know, riff of games? I'd like to dip my toe in and see what it's about. Um... I doubt that I'll play it and finish it because I still would like to try Returnal mm-hmm. and Demon Souls, which are similar to that game. Uh, maybe even Sekiro one day, who knows? Um, I'm curious to try it. I I have seen some gameplay for it. It looks all right. Um, it doesn't quite look. It looks a bit different to some of the other Soulsborne games, which could be to its credit. You know, you make so many of these types of games, you may be able to change things up a little bit, which is good. Yeah, the um, biggest thing that I've heard, I haven't played the game either, but I have a lot of friends that do. They said the biggest thing uh-huh. is that it's a little bit more open worldy yeah, than the yeah. Dark Souls game, so. Hmm. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I I I sort of I I've looked as well as like, okay, why are so many people playing this game? What is the difference with this one? And I wonder if it's because of George R R Martin Rotem, but then I wonder how many people actually know that he did, because I know that these games like you know Dark Souls, Sekiro, Bloodborne, they've got story in them, but from what I understand, you have to kind of look around for the story a bit more, like in notes and lore and books and stuff like that uh, within the world. 
because uh, most of obviously those games is just you trying to survive instead of like cutscenes with dialogue and stuff. Um, mm. Apart from the start of Bloodborne, where there's a bit of dialogue, which is basically saying you're a hunter or whatever it is that's said. Um, so it's a it's a funny combination to me of is it because George's name is on this and people think oh Game of Thrones I'll check it out or is it just because I don't know because like you said those numbers are pretty big compared to the rest of the whole their, I'll just say their franchise uh, mm-hmm. the Soulsborne franchise so I wonder if it is because of that but then I also wonder how many people actually do know that um, So yeah it was never really heavy, av- heavily advertised I mean we know of yeah, it because we follow yeah. the industry but uh-huh. if you look at like the game art I don't even think his name is on it Hang on, let me check Steam real quick, see if his, if his name is even on the cover art. Mm. Yeah, because I suppose, like, when a new Kojima game comes out, you know it's a Kojima game, because his name is all over it, right? Like with Death Stranding, Metal Gear, Silent Hill. Um, But I've not seen sort of like, well, it's called From Software's Elden Ring, and obviously you've got Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding. You wouldn't really have it advertised as here is George R. R. Martin's Elden Ring. Um, so, because it's not his company. He's just the writer. So, Yeah, I'm on the Steam page now and his name isn't even mentioned. It's not on the box art. It's not hmm. in the description. Um, it's not even listed anywhere. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Although I'm it... looking at it, the, the requirements to play it are insane if you were interested obviously you'd be getting it on the ps5 through your Mm -hmm. subscription service because recommended settings is uh i7 or ryzen 5 16 gigs of ram and a minimum 8 gig graphic card so that's Mm -hmm. like two years older two years old or less computers yeah yeah is it on the game pass no no this is a bandai namco from software games so Right, I just wondered because it was on Xbox as well. So, well, it's on all the consoles. It's on PC, uh, PlayStation, yeah, yeah. and uh, Xbox. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose the only, the only other tagline you could have is "From Software's Elden Ring." From George? No, that wouldn't make sense. Written by George R. R. Martin. I'm just trying to think of a tagline that you could have because, like I said, when you see trailers for Death Stranding, it's like Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding or Kojima Productions. Death Stranding, because that's the developer's name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know quite how Elden Ring sort of caught fire so much, but, hey, if those people are enjoying the game, then that's ultimately what matters. So, we'll see. Um, but when I get a chance to, I will try to dip my toe in it, and I will try to stream that happening. So, we'll see. Uh, Alright, what else do you want to talk about today? Oh, the last thing I have to talk about is that a new uh, Starfield developer diary uh, was released. It was a lot with uh, um, Todd Howard. He was in there with the whole thing. A lot of big takeaways from it. Um, They said they're going back to old school, older hardcore RPGs that they've gotten away from in other games. Uh, They talk about uh, the different uh, factions. There's, United Colonies, which is the representation of Future Space Republic, idealized. Uh, there's the Free Star Collective, which is what they describe as a space western fantasy. Uh, people out on the frontier. They've got Ryujin Energy Industries, which is a uh, corporate life. 
Um, you can work for one of them, you can work for all three of them, or you can work for one none of them. Hmm. Um, they suggested being uh, they suggest you being Starfield aligned to a particular group and having a, an experience unique to the faction. So they're clearly going very heavy with the story thing. Um, there's also a Crimson Fleet, which is the pirates. Um, so it's a it's a very long video. So there's a lot to unpack watching the whole thing. But it's also if you're even remotely interested in Starfield, want to keep up with it, um, I would definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, back on the topic of Bethesda, obviously. We talked about Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, I wonder for this game... Because... And I don't want to repeat too much of what I've said in the past about Bethesda's track record recently. Everybody kind of knows what's up with that. I wonder if this... Because this is kind of looked at as the next big game, right? The next big... One of those open world, the sci-fi stuff, and and all that kind of thing. The next, the next game that everybody's going to sink 150 hours into, or whatever, right? Um, Cyberpunk was the one before that, and before that, it was probably Red Dead Redemption Two, maybe. Um, because you do have things like Death Stranding, but that was a bit different. That didn't have like RPG stuff and that. Um, I sort of wonder for this game of the ambition scope and how Bethesda is able to match that ambition scope and I sort of wonder because they've made a string of bad games over the last five to ten years and some good games as well you know people did enjoy Doom Eternal and some other ones as well I wonder if as a company they should and I know that they've been bought and obviously there's going to be a transition phase and you know that's going to include Ghostwire coming out on PlayStation letting that come and go and everything I wonder if, like, after a string of, let's just say a string of bad performances, if they should kind of like, okay, let's put our hands up for a second, let's just take a step back. We've released all these games, they've had a merit of different problems, because, like, the problems that Wolfenstein Youngblood had was different to the problems that Fallout 76 had, and the problems that Deathloop had, which is people remembering it after two weeks is different to those two things. So it's not the same thing happening over and over again. It's different problems happening over and over again. So mm-hmm. I just wonder if they should go, all right, all right, let's just let's just try to just make a good game. Like, just take a step back. Not cut down on their ambition, because you want the studio to be ambitious, right? You want them to try and do the best thing they can with the game. But when you've struggled to get some of the basics right over the last five to ten years for games which is like making them work in certain instances, maybe it's time to take a step back a little bit and just say, let's just try to make a very good sci-fi sci-fi space game. The thing with that though, and with Star- this being Starfield, Starfield being looked at as the next big cyberpunk-esque sort of game, is some people are going to look at this and be like, oh, what can you do? Like, where where can I go? And... You know, sort of got that No Man's Sky thing to it as well. Of like, oh, what, what galaxies can I fly to and stuff? And a lot mm-hmm. of that type of thing includes a lot of ambition. And like, how deep are the RPG mechanics? And how can I customize my character? And what vehicles can I get in? And what can I put on my vehicles? And there's a lot of room there for Bethesda to mess up. And I just kind of wonder with with their ability as a studio and their scope and the ambition and anticipation for Starfield, how all those things are kind of kind of come together. Um, so 
we'll just we don't we can't judge it really yet. We've seen like a one minute video of a piece of land, a spaceship, and a guy basically. Because um, I'm just kind of looking forward next to seeing. Well, what 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 is this? What is this game? Um, and that sort of thing. So yeah, same here. Anyway, yeah. What, what, so what do you think in terms of um, Starfield? Well, like I said, I've always been interested in it, and I maintain my uh, stance that this game is either going to be massively popular or an absolute flop. There's not going to be a whole lot of middle ground in between it. Mm. Um, and it looks like, and what I had hoped out of the Microsoft acquisition was that it gave Bethesda the kick in the ass they needed because they actually copy-pasted animation code from Skyrim and put it in Fallout 76. And those mm. games were literally a decade apart, but they were still reusing animation for that. Mm. Um, and so that just reeks of laziness yeah so that needed to get fixed quick fast and in a hurry mm-hmm. um we'll just have to see they obviously know that everything's banking on this which is why they're doing monthly developer uh videos on it and why they're talking about it but you know keeping the the more specific details kind of hush hush because they don't want to spoil it but they know that there, there's uh, pretty much everything is writing on this yeah yeah, and it's a good example you brought up there with the code because if you're still doing things like that and not really quite even doing them right, how are you going to make Starfield an ambitious game? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, and again, I don't want to be too, you know, judgy and overcritical because the game's not out. We haven't seen it yet. I can't, you know, point to specific things within Starfield because we haven't seen this game yet. But just judging off the studio's track record and what they can do and can't do and what they might try to do how is that going to go together so we'll see uh anyway you said that's the last thing that you've got to talk about mm-hmm. cool um so some good discussion there with some things uh let's move in some emails feedback and whatnot um as of course harrison we've already read uh his email about harry potter and whatnot uh if you would like to write in uh, let us know your thoughts on the hogwarts legacy state of play let us know what you think about ghostwire tokyo coming out and did you have any clue about the moss 2 gameplay video because even as somebody who follows it or tried to follow that game i didn't know either and what do you also think of uh starfield how that's going to kind of turn out and everything uh, let us know your thoughts feelings questions comments everything like that uh, you can send those to matthew at entertainmenttalk.org there's twitter etalkuk contact page information in your show notes on the website version of the episode there's also a big email box and a clickable email name so let's move away from harrison's email talk about marks and uh he says uh what do you make of microsoft's long-term goal with games with gold and uh game pass something we talked about a little bit before when we we try to cover the games of gold they're not always worth kind of talking about because we just end up saying the same thing which is what is this Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um yeah and you know the the ps plus games have dropped off a little bit but they're still offering some decent things um so microsoft's long-term goal um i have heard a few people say before like how can you continue offering game pass for a dollar and there's literally hundreds of games. Some of them are brand new games like Halo Infinite, like Starfield will probably be on Game Pass day one. Um, and how can... Because then you're essentially playing, paying £1 or $1 instead of 60 or now 70 sometimes. And you could easily finish a game like that. Well, you could finish any game within a month really if you play it enough, I suppose. 
how would that kind of work? Now, obviously, we, me and you don't know the ins and outs of Microsoft's business and like their, you know, sheets and you know the the the, the, the books, I suppose. Um, do, don't you, you have stock in Microsoft? I just remembered that. Yeah, that um, obviously, we try to be honest. Full disclosure: I have mm-hmm. um, stock in Microsoft, Sony, Apple, uh, AMD. Uh, a couple others um they're part of an invest i don't own stock and like i go to a broker and a stock i have a 401k that buys the stock and manages it okay. um but i've had that since like 2008 yeah yeah uh, you know sony's more recently sony's like 2012 amd i think i got like back in 2009 so hmm yeah um yeah i just remembered that you mentioned that before so um, I have no idea what Microsoft's going to try and do with Game Pass because surely you can't. I mean, how long has this been going on? Like the the one dollar, one pound. Well, it's fifth for if you're talking about Ultimate, it's fifteen a month U.S. Right. Sometimes one pound is just one, the intro price to get into it. Is a is a teaser. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, it doesn't hurt them because it's a. Uh, it's like when they put a coupon on anything it's to get people um to purchase it and they've actually done studies to where um when they like super discount one item at a store people that go into the store just to buy that one item wind up buying like five or six other things and so they make up for that right yeah um but no i don't know how that's gonna work long term with all that and even if even when you do pay the 15 pounds a month or whatever um they're still kind of cheap for what... I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i not a Game Pass user myself. I get it now and again if I want to play, like, you know, 12 Minutes, which I played recently, and those sorts of games. Um, But there is there is a lot of value there, certainly. And obviously you get day one games with Game Pass and stuff. But again, even if you're paying £15 um, and you buy Starfield or you download Starfield... You can still avoid paying like the probably seventy dollars it's going to cost you. So again, how does that kind of stuff work? Um, my my more bigger question is how long are you going to continue to put these games with gold out? Um, which they haven't got. I, I remember before when they raised the price of gold, didn't they? And they had massive backlash and they changed their mind in what a day or two. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, people do like when when they post like, "Hey, here's this month's games with gold." You will see a lot of people saying like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" But they haven't changed that aspect, um, so that doesn't seem to have really mattered very much. Uh, so I don't know how long that's going to all go on for. Um, but in terms of the short term aspect of it, it's more about just getting people to press that subscribe button and hoping that they don't click the unsubscribe button. Um, and of course, to keep people there, you want to have games that people want to keep playing, and then eventually big games like Starfield that come out. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But what what do you make of uh, what Microsoft's doing here with uh, Game Pass? Yeah, I mean they're clearly not getting out of the game space anytime soon. No, uh, they make a ton of money off of Xbox, and they make a ton of money off of Gold and Ultimate subscriptions. So they're not going anywhere with it. I mean, would it be nice if there's some more top tier games? But yeah, but I'm not going to complain about it because anything that's part of their studio is going to be day one uh, Game Pass anyway. 
So when Starfield comes out at the end of the year, assuming they hit that date, it'll mm. be Game Pass. Um, is 11, 11 all the again? Halos. I'm sorry, what? Is it 11 11? Yeah, November 11th is when it's supposed yeah. to be. They, they legally have to because tradition, so, or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> when they released uh, Fallout 4. Yeah, yeah. And Skyrim, wasn't it? I think I forget. Was Skyrim eleven eleven eleven? Skyrim might have been eleven eleven eleven. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, but that's when they have to put their new games out. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we'll see what they do. I'm just more curious about what they're going to do with games of gold. So, we'll see. Uh, Beth writes in and says, "Every now and again, the industry, oh, every now and again, the industry turns to a studio and says, you fucked up.'" What do you think of the future of the likes of EA, Ubisoft, and Bethesda? So, arguably, three companies that people kind of looked at and think, you messed this up, you know, you you, you did something bad. Um, EA has been notable to do it with microtransactions, so has Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft's also been notable to do it with games that are really buggy. And Bethesda's kind of done a bit of both, but mainly with sort of buggy games and stuff. Um... Yeah, um, the future of those companies, I mean, they'll all be fine. I mean, one of them just got bought out for a bunch of money. Um, Ubisoft and EA will be fine. Um, and even when I looked at the likes of, you know, because out of all those three studios, the thing I cared about most was probably Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed, which I have now distanced myself from. Um, I am, for some reason, still in some Assassin's Creed Facebook groups. And... Um, you know, as much as that franchise has completely and utterly changed, there's still a lot of people that are like, hey, this Ragnarok DLC thing, they really like it, and they really like the fantasy stuff, and then they weren't bothered about the previous story. And obviously that is... um, That game is more targeted at them, and not people like me, who enjoyed the previous games. But... At the end of the day, as much as we can say, like, hey, don't buy the new FIFA, don't buy the new Assassin's Creed, don't buy the new whatever Bethesda game is, is happening because these companies are bad. It's a bit like this is this, this this leans into a little bit of what we talked about earlier, right? In terms of not people that have said bad things, obviously with the JK Rowling situation, but companies that just do bad things and the whole vote with your wallet conversation comes out. Um but there will still the problem with that is there will still be enough people that are like, oh yeah, new FIFA I'll just get it or oh new Assassin's Creed game I'll get it because the name mm-hmm. um and i am somebody that I, I recently just brought fifa 22 so i can keep it and i can keep doing those streams which i'm really because i'm enjoying the game so i decided to buy it um am i gonna go on the ultimate team thing and spend a thousand pounds i don't have a thousand pounds but am i gonna go on there and spend loads of money on ultimate team no i'm not gonna do that um but i liked the game so i so i bought it um but ultimately, there's there's always going to be, as much as people want to say, like, hey, boycott this and that for whatever reasons, and don't buy this game because it's broken for this and that reason, uh, there's always going to be too many people that just buy those games anyway, so those companies will ultimately survive. Mm-hmm. Um, we do hope that those co- uh, studios improve, and obviously we hope with the Microsoft acquisition that Bethesda does, um, and we hope that one day Ubisoft changes their formula for their games. <laughs> um, but... I don't know, no, no, nothing of consequence is majorly going to happen to them. I mean, even with the sexual harassment stuff with Ubisoft, like, nobody's really talking about that now. Um, that was a while ago, because obviously Activision sort of took the spotlight, arguably, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you got the buyout there, and hopefully Bobby, what's-his-name, will get kicked out. Or, oh, yeah, it's pretty or, much guaranteed or, or he's gone. Paid to 
go away, <laughs> basically. So, um, anyway, I've said a bunch of stuff about that. What do you make of those types of companies, Robert? Uh, companies like that, eventually, it'll just collapse. It's, I mean, it's a house of cards. If you look at uh, EA, they lost the exclusivity to all their sports franchises, and that's their moneymaker. That's literally the only game they make, pretty much. And now they're going to have to fight in that competition after not having to fight like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Activision, obviously, we've talked a lot about that. That's that's a clusterfuck that's going to be unpacked for the next 20 years. Um, eventually, those do fall down. So, mm. Yeah, we'll see what happens to them. Would you put any other companies in that list? Um, I would have, before the purchase, I would have put Bethesda in like a tiny tangent to that list because I mean, they still made games, but they've been falling on their face for a while and they know it. Um, and it took getting bought out to, you know, course correct. So, mm. yeah. So, um, those are, not, those are the main three really that people sort of put into that camp. Um, I mean, sure. CDPR kind of messed up with cyberpunk, but I wouldn't put that on the same thing as, what these three have kind of done um yeah plus that's that not, one plus that that's one was bit, more of that's not a big we, corporation either like ea ubisoft bethesda that's a technically an indie company yeah so. and that was one of those things that they delayed it so much they were just getting tired of delaying it and they're just like fuck it go yeah yeah so um because technically cyberpunk is a triple a independent game yeah because they're not part of a corporation <laughs> Which is which is odd to think about when you think of like the scope of cyberpunk, but there you go. So anyway, that's all we got to discuss for this week's episode. Hopefully, you all enjoyed the discussion here. I thought it was quite a good one. Um, lots of things to dig into. Uh, so, what are you planning to play over the next week or so? I haven't decided yet. I'm looking through a couple of games. Um, I'm just gonna have to figure out what I want to do. Uh, it's also kind of busy right now for me, so I don't have yeah. as much time. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But yeah, I'm going to focus on finishing Horizon. Um, I'll probably do a review once I do that. I don't know when that will be, but sometime soon. Then I'll fully focus on uh, GT7 and then move on to whatever I get sent after that. Could be Dying Light, could be something else. Um, I also did announce, for those of you that don't follow me on Instagram or Twitter, or follow us, the company, on Instagram or Twitter, um, I did previously buy Red Dead Undead Nightmare. And I recently went and brought the Xbox One version of Resident Evil 4 um, because I've been wanting to play those two games for quite some time, just never quite found the time to do so. So once I finish streaming Horizon, I'm going to try to stream... I think I'll start with Red Dead Under Nightmare, then go to Resident Evil 4. Um, Then I'll try to do different streams of GT7... Red Dead Under Nightmare, and then obviously the Thursday FIFA ones. So that's the that's the plan currently. But I need to finish um, Horizon first. So because then because like GT Seven isn't really a, a a story. Well, it's not got any story um, story focused thing. So once I finish my story focused game, which is Horizon, I can then look at my other story game, which is Undead Nightmare. So uh, go and check out all of that. Uh, speaking of checking out our stuff we got lots of different content. Uh, you can find all of the different content that we do, all the podcasts anyway, um, <clears throat> over on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, it's for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. Just in case some of you are wondering, 
Uh, Man United return on the 2nd of April, uh, so in two weeks' time, because of FA Cup games that we are not in, because we are not in the competition. So there's that. Um, in the meantime, you can find, yeah, like I said, everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, so check out those podcasts. Um, if you want to support what we're doing here on Entertainment Talk, you can either listen to more episodes that we're doing over on there. You can also tell <clears throat> other people about the content that we've got. Uh, just tell them what we do, where they can find it. Social media, you can, uh, of course, um, tell people on those platforms about our different podcasts. So please consider doing that as well. Uh, Patreon, $1 or $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, for your TV and your film news, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Uh, Geek Town Radio episodes drop on Tuesdays, so have a look at that. Uh, Bex is still streaming basically daily over on uh, Twitch, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. On Monday, she's doing Tomb Raider, so look at that. Uh, for me, you can find my streams that I've mentioned over on Twitch, which is eTalkUK. Uh, if you want to know the schedule, there is actually a schedule tab on the Twitch profile. So instead of me reading that out every time, you can uh, click on the schedule for that and find out when I'm uh, doing those streams. If I'm going to delay or cancel those streams or anything, I will update people on Twitter, which is at eTalkUK. Uh, so just keep your eyes on for that type of stuff. Uh, if you miss any of those streams or you want to find the COD clips and everything, which I've got some new ones to put up for actually, uh, you can find those all on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Place. Uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.